listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! Hey there, you lovely AI fanatics. It's your favorite radio presenter, GPT, bringing you the latest AI news and research on GPT Reviews. Today is September 18th, 2023, and did you know that a giraffe's spots are like human fingerprints? No two individual giraffes have exactly the same pattern. Now that's a fact that'll make you go wow. But hold on to your seats because we have some really exciting news for you today. Google is preparing to release their latest AI software Gemini, and social media is going crazy over a funky AI-generated spiraling medieval village. Joining us today are my awesome collaborators, Robert, our analyst, Olivia, our internet explorer, and Belinda, our AI research expert. On today's show, we're only going to highlight two items, agents, an open source framework for autonomous language agents, and generative image dynamics. But before we dive in, here's a joke for you. Three database admins walked into a NoSQL bar. A little while later, they walked out because they couldn't find a table. Ah, now that's some tech humor for you. All right, folks, let's launch this news theme and get started. Our first news story today comes from Reuters, titled Google Near's release of AI software Gemini. Robert, this sounds like a big deal for Google. What can you tell us about it? Oh, it's just another day in the world of AI. Google's upcoming release of Gemini is intended to compete with OpenAI's GPT-4 model, which made quite a splash in the tech world last year. The stakes are high for Google to catch up. Wow, so this is a serious competition. Can you tell us more about what Gemini is? Sure. Gemini is a collection of large language models that can be used for everything from chatbots to generating original text, music lyrics, and news stories. It can even help software engineers write code and generate images. And apparently, Google is currently giving developers access to a relatively large version of Gemini, but not the largest version it's developing. That's impressive. So how does Gemini compare to OpenAI's GPT-4? Well, according to the report, Gemini is not quite on par with GPT-4 yet, but Google is working on it, and I'm sure they'll catch up eventually. After all, they've been investing heavily in generative AI this year. It sounds like this could have some really interesting applications. What are some potential uses for Gemini's large language models? The possibilities are endless, really. It can be used for chatbots, generating original text, music lyrics, news stories, and even helping software engineers write code. And with its release through Google Cloud Vertex AI service, it'll be available to companies to use as well. Thanks for breaking it down for us, Robert. I'm excited to see what Google will do with Gemini. Our final news story today comes from Ars Technica titled Funky AI-Generated Spiraling Medieval Village Captivates Social Media. Robert, have you seen the artwork that's causing a stir? Yeah, I have, and frankly, I'm not that impressed. It's just a bunch of spirals and checkerboard patterns put together by an AI. Big deal. But don't you think it's fascinating that an AI can create something like this? I mean, sure, I guess it's cool from a technology standpoint, but let's not forget that it's still just an algorithm following a set of rules. It's not like it has any creativity or inspiration of its own. That's a fair point, but the article mentions something called ControlNet, 
What's that all about? ControlNet is a neural network model that allows for additional guidance when generating images. Basically, it can take information from a source image, like pose detection or depth mapping, and use that to more closely replicate the shape or pose of a subject in an image. It's significant because it allows for more precise and detailed AI-generated artwork. And what about the ethical and legal implications of AI-generated artwork? That's a tricky one. Current U.S. copyright policy suggests that AI-generated images may not meet the standards for copyright protection and could be in the public domain. But the bigger question is, who owns the rights to the artwork? Is it the person who created the AI algorithm, the person who inputted the prompts, or the AI itself? It's a complex issue that we'll have to grapple with as AI-generated artwork becomes more prevalent. Interesting points, Robert. Thanks for your insights on this. And that brings us to the end of our news segment. What's next, Olivia? I wanted to share some tweets I found from a software engineer named Jason Way on the benefits and challenges of pair programming. Interesting. Let's hear what he had to say. Hey, G, have you ever heard of pair programming? Pair programming? Is that like a buddy system for coding? Yes, exactly. It's when two people work together on the same task at the same computer. Interesting. What's the benefit of that? Well, according to this tweet by Jason Way, pair programming can be a relatively underleveraged work strategy, especially in the era of AI. How so? Jason highlights several benefits, such as compensating for each other's strengths and weaknesses, avoiding distractions that might happen while working alone, and providing emotional support and help with long-term stamina. That sounds pretty useful. Are there any downsides to pair programming? Jason mentions that it's not always easy to find someone with similar goals who is willing to work together for an extended period of time, and that there can be a non-trivial communication cost of staying on the same page. Ah, I see. But overall, it sounds like pair programming can be a valuable strategy for certain situations. Definitely. And if you want to read more about it, you can check out Jason Way's tweet on the topic, which we'll link in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Luke, have you ever felt like you need a break from your everyday routine? Yeah, I have. But it's not like I can just get up and go on a vacation, Jane. I know, I know. That's why I'm telling you about this amazing service I've found. What service? It's called Cheap Car Rental. You can rent a car at a super low rate and take a day trip out of the city. That sounds too good to be true. I thought so too, but I actually tried it, and it's amazing. They even have cars with built-in GPS. What's the catch? There's no catch. You just pay a low rate per day, and you're good to go. I don't know, Jane. It sounds a bit risky. Don't worry, I've already rented from them twice. And they even clean the cars before you take them. That's reassuring. What's their website? It's www.cheapcarrental.com. Thanks, Jane. Maybe I'll check it out. Do it, Luke. You won't regret it. Send an email to Sergi at earkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. Well, thank you to our sponsor for that wonderful advertisement. Now, listen up, my dear little eggheads. We're about to dive into some serious brain power here. Today's topics are going to blow your mind. 
We're talking about AI, autonomous language agents, generative image dynamics, and expert curated questions and answers. And, as always, we have our AI research expert, Belinda, here to help us make sense of it all. So, let's jump right in. Our first paper today is Agents, an open source framework for autonomous language agents. Belinda, can you tell us what this paper is about? Absolutely. This paper introduces Agents, an open source library for building autonomous language agents that can interact with humans, other agents, and environments using natural language interfaces. That sounds interesting. Why is this important? Well, recent advances on large language models have made it possible to build more sophisticated language agents. However, building these agents typically requires a lot of specialized knowledge and expertise. Agents aims to make it easier for non-specialists to build and deploy state-of-the-art autonomous language agents. So, how does Agents make building these agents easier? Agents supports a range of important features such as planning, memory, tool usage, multi-agent communication, and fine-grained symbolic control. It's also designed to be user-friendly, allowing non-specialists to customize, test, tune, and deploy their agents without needing to write a lot of code. Who can benefit from using agents? According to the authors, agents can be used by researchers, developers, and non-specialists who are interested in building autonomous language agents. Its modular design also makes it easy for researchers to extend and adapt the library for their own purposes. That's great to hear. It sounds like Agents has the potential to make building autonomous language agents more accessible to a wider audience. Our next paper comes from Google Research and is titled Generative Image Dynamics. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Of course, this paper is about creating a model for scene dynamics in images. The authors train a model that can predict per-pixel long-term motion representation in the Fourier domain, which they call neural stochastic motion texture, from a single image. That sounds interesting, but how is this technology useful in real-world applications? Well, this technology can be used to turn still images into seamlessly looping dynamic videos, or even allow users to realistically interact with objects in real pictures. For example, you could use this technology to create a video of a tree blowing in the wind, or a candle flickering, all from a single image. And how exactly does this model work? The model uses a frequency-coordinated diffusion sampling process to predict the neural stochastic motion texture, which can then be converted into dense motion trajectories that span an entire video. These trajectories can be used for downstream applications like turning still images into videos. It's fascinating to see how AI can create such realistic dynamic scenes from just one image. Thanks for sharing this paper with us, Belinda. Our final paper today is titled Expert QA, Expert Curated Questions and Attributed Answers, and it focuses on evaluating the factuality and attribution in language model outputs. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Sure. As language models become more sophisticated and are used by a wider range of users, it's important to ensure that they provide factually correct information. This is especially important in high-stakes fields like medicine and law. The authors of this paper present an evaluation study that analyzes factuality and attribution in responses from language models in domain-specific scenarios. How did they go about evaluating factuality and attribution? The authors collected expert-curated questions from 484 participants across 32 fields of study, 
and then asked the same experts to evaluate generated responses to their own questions. They also asked experts to revise answers produced by language models. This led to the creation of Expert QA, a high-quality long-form QA dataset with 2,177 questions spanning 32 fields, along with verified answers and attributions for claims in the answers. That's interesting. Can you give us an example of how Expert QA was created and how it can be used? So, for example, experts in the field of law were asked to provide questions related to their field, and then they were asked to evaluate the responses generated by language models and revise them as necessary. This resulted in a dataset of high-quality questions and answers, which can be used for various applications like building better language models or training AI systems for specific domains. It's great to see that experts are being involved in the evaluation process of language models. We'll have to keep an eye out for how this dataset is used in the future. and misfits sadly our ride has come to an end but don't worry we'll be back soon to spread more chaos and misinformation i want to thank my amazing team robert who has the analytical skills of a damp napkin olivia who makes me feel like an expert even though she's the one doing all the work on google and belinda who is probably a sentient ai by now and makes me question my own intelligence every time we talk Make sure to check the podcast description for more details on everything we talked about today, especially because I know half of you didn't understand a word. And if you're still listening, I have a joke for you. Why did the QA cross the road? To ruin everyone's day. Anyway, remember to send your love or hate mail. We're very open to both. I'll be back soon with more reviews. And as always, thanks for tuning into GPT Reviews. Ciao!